gospel according to Mark chapter 12. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants to collect from them his share of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Injustice is all around. A prophet speaks truth to the powerful and to the people. There's a sense that things can't go on like this forever. What comes next? We wonder and we wait. With the impeachment testimony going on in in Washington this week, uh, another school shooting in California, and the daily frustrations of life, many of us are looking for some comfort. This week at our house, we've been indulging in the latest online streaming service, Disney+. Plus. It's great fun. Of course, our kids have seen most of these movies dozens, if not hundreds of times. Uh, But there are original shows included, like The Mandalorian, a fresh Star Wars offering, new shows from the Marvel Universe, and never-before-seen documentaries and short films. It has all the classics, too. Great Disney stuff from decades past, like The Parent Trap, the Haley Mills one, not the Lindsay Lohan one. The Apple Dumpling Gang, Swiss Family Robinson, remember those? And the original Mickey cartoons? Disney nature films, content from National Geographic. Don't worry, we did manage to get outside for a little while yesterday. Some would have thought that with competition from uh, like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and other streaming content providers that Disney would be taking a big gamble jumping into this business, this industry, but I think it's safe to say they'll be okay. Vegas, right? We know about taking a risk. Most of us like a safe bet. We want to think we know what's going to happen next, but betting's never been my thing, but I get it. We want to know that outcomes are going to meet our expectations. So far, so good, Disney. For ancient Israel, though, things were more tenuous. The prophet Isaiah lived in a time when this Assyrian empire was the superpower. And had destroyed the northern kingdom, leaving Judah, the southern kingdom, along with Jerusalem, in danger. And people saw their best and brightest taken away from them. We can only imagine the level of anxiety all around. As the people wondered what would come next. Not a whole lot is known about the person Isaiah of Jerusalem, to whom we attribute the first 33 chapters of the book of Isaiah. He was likely well off. He spoke out for uh, about 40 years, a long time, long time for a prophet, about economic injustice, mostly calling the people to be cleansed. They'd been tarnished by idolatry and the injustice in the world. They were at war constantly. They had turned from their focus on God and pursued wealth over everything at the expense of the poor. So Isaiah sings this song. And we can imagine him singing it, a love song about a vineyard. It was well planned out, given everything that it needed. 
Like that first garden in scripture, it was made for good. The expectation was that it would be everything it was supposed to be. Good vineyards produce good fruit. Good grapes produce good wine. But wild grapes were grown. And, and I think if you look back at uh, the literal translation of this in the Hebrew, the literal translation is stink berries. It's true. This is true. Um, and I was at one of the wineries out in Pahrump a while back. And as they tasted the wine, I don't think I heard anybody say, ah, yes, I detect notes of cherry, alderwood, and stink berries. No, no. Wild grapes were sour, unusable, not good for much. And it's true, the grapes were allowed to grow wild at times. On the Sabbath, around the time of the Jubilee, they were gleaned or picked over after the harvest by those in need. But that's not what the vineyard was meant for. What do you do with a faulty vineyard? Shut it down. Tear it down. Let it be returned to nature to suffer the consequences of what it has become. An overgrown waste dried up field of stumps. That's what comes next. And just in case we don't understand Isaiah's metaphor here, here the prophet explained from Eugene Peterson's The Message, paraphrase. Do you get it? The vineyard of God of the angel armies is the country of Israel. All the men and women of Judah are the garden he was so proud of. He looked for a crop of justice and saw them murdering each other. He looked for a harvest of righteousness and heard only the moans of victims. God is the one who planted this garden. And God expected righteousness. The word is mishpat, but got only mishpach, bloodshed. God expected righteousness, sedekah, but got only se'akah. The words matter. In Hebrew, they look the same, but they mean quite different things. The word the Lord spoke created and expected one thing but got the other. My friend Tim is a passionate guy. He, he's from South Carolina and speaks with a southern drawl that reminds me of a football coach or a barbecue expert. He's a carpenter. He remodels homes, builds decks, fences, works with his hands. He's a devoted father and husband. And he spends a lot of time serving others, mostly through men's ministry. But what really cranks his engine is making disciples. He's a passionate follower of Jesus, and he takes seriously the Great Commission. Remember, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. My friend Tim takes this super seriously, and he's always talking about bearing good fruit. He's been burned by the church, but loves God with all his heart and mind and soul and strength. And he meets with this cohort of carefully selected folks for months at a time, leading them, teaching them, that they would take seriously the call to go into the world and live in a way that shows the fruit of the Spirit in the world. Tim's inspired so many to live faithfully and to share the hope and love of Jesus in their lives and relationships. And when I look at him, I see this guy living out the life that he was made for, using his gifts, doing what he was made to do. Are we? Or have you felt the opposite? 
at times? Have you felt like a, just a big pile of stink berries? Like wild, sour grapes. Good for nothing. Have you ever felt like you were wasting the gifts God gave you? When the outcomes of our lives don't seem to meet our expectations, we wonder what comes next. Where can I go? What can I do? It's all a waste now. I should just give up. There's no hope. In this community, we have seen injustice. We've met our neighbors who ran from bullets on October 1st, 2017. We know the ones who still sleep outdoors, who come here for help, for food, who stop by Martin's Mart for clothing or call on Lutheran Social Services for birth certificates, rental and utility assistance. We know there is massive inequality every time we drive by a new football stadium being constructed and on the way past people with cardboard signs begging in the intersection. We know there are children and seniors without a place to sleep tonight in this city. I see it, and I have to name it to call it what it is. There is bloodshed. There is a cry. And the people of Judah must have been starting to feel that way too. The poor, the widows and orphans were left along the roadside. They weren't cared for. The ones they thought they could turn to were not helping. The leaders were corrupt, and those with means just consolidated their wealth and power. And so the prophet speaks God's word of judgment from chapter 10. Ah, you who make iniquitous decrees, who write oppressive statutes to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be your spoil and that you may make the orphans your prey, what will you do on the day of punishment? In the calamity that will come from far away. To whom will you flee for help and where will you leave your wealth so as not to crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain? For all this, his anger has not turned away. His hand is stretched out still. Even after all of this, the Lord is still present, still near, still giving help. The prophet now speaks a promise from the stump, a shoot, new growth from that wasteland. Yes, from the family of Jesse, whose own family tree had been laid to ruin, there would be hope. The promise of a new king, one who would lead with equity, who would have the gifts of God's wisdom, justice, mercy, and grace on his side. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on this one, not just relying on the word of others. He would judge with rightness, would give liberty to those enslaved by broken systems and inequality, and would bring about the end of those who would do evil. The prophet gives this promise. There is one who will wear rightness and faithfulness like a belt. It's not righteousness. That idea is hard for us to think about sometimes. So I took, I just took us out of it. Rightness. Make sense? After bloodshed and the crying of those in need comes judgment. Promise comes next. The prophet says there's still hope for Israel. So hear this word today. There is still hope for you too. Advent is coming. 
In this prophecy, we can't help but hear the promise of the coming Savior from the line of Jesse and David who loves us and builds us up, giving us all we need for an abundant harvest. There is hope. So look around. Look around for shoots coming up from stumps. There is new growth. We're not alone. Never does the Lord say, well, I'll abandon this vineyard. There's judgment, yes. But the Lord is still near. The promise is still good, still coming true every day. The one who is righteous, righteousness, who is faithful, who is faith, faithful, is coming, is already here, will not leave us or this world. He's ours forever. And you have been given gifts. You have been called to use them, to love and to learn, to serve, to pray, to share, to be and make disciples. This is our calling as church, as the one holy Catholic apostolic body of Christ made by the word for the sake of the world. And we've been grafted onto that vine of Israel through our Lord Jesus, called through the living word of God to live out mercy and grace in this place we've been planted this desert can yield fruit again not stink berries but big fat juicy fruit as my friend tim would say that good stuff the best of the best this church can be what it was meant to be a place of hope help and haven a community of grace a family of faith loving each other loving god and neighbor gathered to serve and share the heart of christ in the heart of the city. Amen.